I'll go ahead, actually, and I'll read a couple verses. Matthew chapter, chapter 19, verse 30, and Matthew chapter 20, verse 16. It says, in verse 30, it says, But many that are first shall be last, and the last shall be first. And verse 20, chapter 20, verse 16 says, So the last shall be first, and the first last. For many be called, but few chosen. And those two verses sandwich the story of where the, they went out to collect people to work in the field, and, and they invited them in, and they invited more in, and they invited more in. At the end of the day, they kept going back, and the steward went, and he, and he found more people. And then when it came time to pay, he began to hand out the same funds to those that came to work at the end of the day as those that began to work at the beginning of the day. And those that were there at the beginning of the day were astounded and were frustrated. And, 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 and why would you do this? And, and um, when we read it, the translation doesn't quite come through, but the, the one paying the bill said, who, basically he said, who are you that's talking? Didn't I pay you? And something that's missed a little bit in that story is we always think it's unfair. And they thought it was unfair. Why didn't I get paid more? But the master could very well say, I chose to go get poorer. By paying those that came last the same amount I was willing to pay those that came first. How great is our God that He's willing to give to the least of us and say, you know what? I'm willing to be give, give you as much. I'm not holding it back for myself. And I'm going to give you the same amount. And I know you maybe didn't do as much, but I'm going to give it to you as well. And I'm going to give it to you as well. And somebody over here, they, they say, well, I'm really great. And why didn't you give me more? And he, Jesus could say, oh, I could have given you less, but I choose, choose to give you out of the abundance. Oh, God has poured out His Spirit on us, His blessings and His goodness. Hallelujah. Brother Keith, if you'd like to come up here. i got a couple balls sitting over here. And I uh, wanted to open up with this example. Then I thought, you know what, ball would really work really well. So Brother Keith's going to help me here. And uh, I think we... we it could be, we told him it could be baseball, but baseball runs a little bit slow. And so I thought, you know, we could do uh, whatever ball was handy. We could do dodgeball. And I realized, Sister Nancy, do you want to play dodgeball with this? Not me either. And so, thank you for Brother Miller. He had this one downstairs, so sorry, Joey, but we don't want your basketball. And so... But Brother Keith and I, we're going to pick us some couple teams here. And uh, I think the mic's on. So if you want to go ahead right away, pick yourself a good, good teammate to play. Uh, you just pick, pick, pick three. Pick three. Let's see. <laughs> Trevor, you want to come up here? You're raising right. your hand. Come on up, man. All please. Right. Thank you. Michael, please. And uh, Connor, are you ready for it? Okay. Here we go. All right. All right. And I would like Izzy. Izzy, are you out there? Come on up here. Ellie? Ellie, where's Ellie? And I'll pick on Finn over here. Come on up here, Finn. I have a little London that wanted to be picked, too. We're going to pick Finn here. Now, look at these fine teams. My team is against your team. And why would... Come on up here. Come on up here. 
And look at these two fine teams right here. It's, uh, uh, we got to be on the stage so you can see us better. Because we're that good. And now I know that when Trevor reaches back with that ball, well back like you're going to just throw it. But watch out, we got a brand new screen. Okay? Little Finn here, he's got this. He's got this. And, and don't actually throw the ball, but you can, you can try to toss it to me. All right, Keith, I'll have you stay here, man. The rest of you can go sit down. Um, you, you two girls can sit down. Finn, I'll have you stay up here. Keith, come on up here. And we'll, we'll stand you right out here so everybody can see you so good and well. And you stand right behind him. Right, right behind him here. And we, whoever played team handball in high school? I don't mean like that little handball, that small one. No, I mean the one that was like this. And they had goalies, and you could bounce the basketball, or the ball, and then they could also just throw it at you. Anybody hear of that game? Oh, it was brutal on me, the freshmen, and the seniors, because we had PE that had seniors and freshmen in the same one. And they would be like, oh, Lucas, your goalie. My massive size stood out to them, I'm sure. And they would whip back, and I was like, oh, I want to stop that. And my hands would sting. And pretty soon you start thinking, can I just dive out of the way? As those seniors begin to show off how strong they were. So why did Keith pick the team that he picked? Why did you pick your team that you picked? Well, in all sincerity, I, I look back, and Trevor was already raising his hand. I figure there's a fellow that wants to participate. And yep. I look over, and Michael had his hand up. I'm like, uh -huh. well, that's kind of, you know, these guys are ready to go. And then... Dear Brother Connor, spent a lot of time, you know, praying alongside my good brother, so I uh, figure he can dodge, too. Heck, I can, he can run fast and it. leap like a heart, so, uh, you know. Do you see what he did? He picked people that he looked at and said, they want to do this, and they're qualified. <laughs> Look at that over there. You know, we could very well be coming from the story of Daniel today, uh, or David, I mean, and not your David. <laughs> But David, when his brothers went through, and Samuel went through the list, and he's like, that one looks qualified, and that one looks qualified, and that one looks qualified. But if we turn over to Matthew chapter 18, verse 1, you stay here just a little longer. It says, at the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child unto him and set him in the midst. And he said, Verily I say unto you, except you be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever shall humble himself as this little child, the same is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. What was he trying to tell us here? You see, little Finn here, when the, 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 when the adults raise their hand, they're like, I got this. When the kids raise their hands, there's a mixture of, can I please play? And I think I could be good at this. I imagined those things in my mind. If you would just let me have that bat, I'll hit that ball, I think. And it will go, boom. But I can run, I know I can run, and I'll beat you to first base. And that's exactly how it went, except times I didn't get to first base. But here's the thing, Brother Keith, why I kept you up here. Because Finn has this ball. You want to hold that for me? He has this ball. And when we're in God's court, oh, when, when, when he rears back to throw this ball, 
behind him. Get your hand up here. You got to keep that hand up. Oh, there's a mighty Savior that says I'm the strength that you never knew you had. Oh, I'm behind the scenes and I've got this and I can take care of it. You can go ahead and be seated. You can go ahead and sit down, Finn. And I got this. And so when you throw that ball, that was, man, David and Goliath would fit real well, right? When he reared back with that stone, there was God guiding that stone and it hit him square in the forehead. And not only that, it took him down. It was the only spot exposed that could get him and take him down. But in our passage here, we talked about the first last and the last first. And, and I want to bring that out to you a little bit as we go through a couple stories. And Jesus here had been approached by the disciples. And they wanted to know who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus responds with the story of a child. Or to tell us about a child and he says, if you don't become as one of these children, you can't even get into the kingdom. Oh, what's so special about the idea of being a child? I've often looked at these passages and I've thought, well, it's because they're humble. Now, come on, have any of you ever seen a child that wasn't humble? Oh, they're honest. They tell the truth. Have any of you ever seen a child lie? Oh, there's no arrogance in them. Have, they won't be mean to each other. Have you ever seen that? Man, how many children do you know that think they don't need to go to school any longer because they've learned everything that they possibly need to know? That's why they don't need kindergarten. Yeah. You should let me go outside and play. Why is that? It's because that child has an understanding. Oh, Bishop, if you want to stand up for a moment, that child has an understanding. Oh, you know what it is at the end of the day? Hey, you know what? I would really like this toy. And you tell them, no, you're not getting that toy. And they come back. Please, could I just have the toy? Could you just get it for me? Oh, I had some of that the other day here. Uh, uh, could we just go to the store? No, we're not going to the store. I, but I just want to go to the store. No was not going to be taken for an answer. Oh, and if I said be quiet for now, the kids might walk away. But my children know that dad, when he says no, that there might just be a yes there. Can I get a witness? That wasn't a very loud witness. We'll see about the next time you ask me for something. But they come over. And, and even when I say no, they don't walk out of the house and say, fine, I'm taking my ball and I'm going home. I'm not playing with you again. And even when a child might get a little upset and think they're going to take their ball and go home, pretty soon they come back. Why? Because there's a bed in the house. They know there's going to be food on the table, even if it's food you don't like. They know that there's going to be shelter over their head. And they know there's going to be people that love them. Now, I know that all of you have experienced these same things. You can be seated. But I want you to know that your heavenly Father cares about you that way. He is not going to call you names. He's not going to put you down. Oh, maybe your parents did that to you, and that wasn't right. But your heavenly Father won't. He's not going to be mean to you and beat you and abuse you. No, He is the kind of Heavenly Father that cares and that loves. 
and you can go back to Him and you can say, but what about this? And sometimes He's going to have to tell you, no means no. But other times He says, you know what? I think we can just do that today. It's a complete reliance on your parents. Why do you need to become a child? Because you need to have a complete understanding that you need God. You can't do this without Him. You can't feed yourself without Him putting the food on the table. You can't get up in the morning and even get to, to where you need to go without Him. Every breath you take comes from Him. Every bit of forgiveness of sin comes from Him. Everything you need comes from your Master. comes from Jesus. Oh, and so when Jesus went to pick His team to get into the kingdom of heaven, He said, I need somebody who's going to understand that I need God with everything that I have. When He opened up the Sermon on the Mount, He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That word poor is an understanding that no matter how much money I have in my pockets, no matter how much land or wealth that I own, oh, I need God with everything. And I can do nothing without Him. I completely rely on Him. So Jesus goes on further here in chapter 18. And He talks about those that would offend the little child. Now I, I can see that very literally. But I also see it spiritually because that person that relies on God with everything, that's humbled themselves before Him. You know what, Brother Jeremy? I would hate to be the one that comes after you because God's like, no, wait, this is my child. And somebody says, well, he's a big child. You know, I don't care. He's my child. And you doing him wrong? Oh, I got him. And his angels are coming and appearing before me. And you're like, but he's over the age of 18. Oh, he understands that he needs me with everything that he's got. And when he gets up in the morning, Jesus, you're the breath that I take. And when he goes and works that job, I need your help with that. But furthermore, when he messes up and he sins and he does wrong, he understands, I need Jesus. When he gets lost and he looks around, oh, he understands, I need Jesus. You can be seated. Man, I'm really pulling people out today. I think I forgot to give you my title altogether. It's you poor baby. Now we're going to miss it out here, right? The reason I titled this you poor baby is because in our world, when you're the little one that doesn't get picked for the team and you start to cry and you get frustrated, what does the bigger kids want to say? Stop being a baby. Oh, you poor baby. Oh, sometimes there's some adults who like to say that to adults. And there's sometimes adults that think that about other adults. But what are they saying? You 
They're looking down on you. And they're looking down on the idea of being a little child. They're looking down on the idea of, of that person who realizes everything's completely out of my control. But I want that. But I can't get there because I'm helpless. But I want that. And they go ahead and put you down. But when it comes to Jesus, you can go ahead and let your cry go up. And say, Jesus, I need you. I need your help. I need you to help me and save me. And you can then be like, oh, you poor baby. And that tone changes. And God descends and he begins to help you. Which segues us nicely right over. And he says in verse 11, right after he tells us about the... Says, verse 10, it says, Take heed that you despise not one of these little ones. For I say unto you that in heaven their angels do always behold the face of my Father which is in heaven... For the Son of Man is come to save that which was lost. Immediately I'm like, lost. Why would he tell us to be like children? And then tell us not to offend children. And then be to save that which was lost. Oh, this is beautiful right here. How think ye if a man have a hundred sheep? And one of them be gone astray. Doth he not leave the ninety and nine and go into the mountains and seek that which is gone astray? And if so be that he find it, verily I say unto you, he rejoiceth more of that sheep than of the ninety and nine which went not astray. Even so, it is not the will of your Father which is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. In Luke verse 5, chapter 15, verse 7, it says, I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over the ninety and nine just per persons which need no repentance. Oh, what is he telling us here? Oh, Bishop, I got just a little more understanding of it. Because before, you know what I thought it was? Oh, Jeremy and Courtney, I'll pick on you. I'm picking on people. You both stand up. And they don't need repentance. They're the 90 and 9 who are not lost. I'm not really saying mean things about you. Okay? They're, they're not lost. Or so they think. Oh, but over here. Oh, there's another, there's a little lamb. And the little lamb realizes I got myself in a bad way. Go ahead. He got myself in a bad way. And he's, he's out there. And he's all alone. And then you begin to hear it. And that shepherd, he's over here. And he's like, oh, you guys are all good, aren't you? No, like, well, yeah, we're good. We got this. You know what? There's somebody who's letting me know I don't got this. And you guys can be just fine over here. But there's somebody over here that says I'm lost. I've messed up and I've sinned. And hear me today. And I don't want to be somebody who doesn't recognize my condition. But I want to say, you know what? I'm lost too. Because when he comes, the master, the shepherd goes out and he begins to search. And when he searches, he finds and he rejoices more over the one that repents. You can be seated over the one that repents. If I can just bring this better into your mind. You see, it isn't that I'm asking anybody to go sin. But I am asking you to not lose the understanding that you're completely dependent on God. Don't lose the understanding that you need Him with everything that you've got. 
You need to understand that without Him, you're lost. You need to understand that without the price He paid on the cross, you've got bloody sins all over you. You need to walk in a humility of the riches of His glory, the greatness of His power, and His love towards you. There's a story that comes to my mind when I think of this, and that's Luke chapter 15. And in Luke chapter 15, this is the story of the prodigal son. And see, the prodigal son, he had come to his father. And he told his father, Father, I like my portion of the inheritance. So in Jewish culture, two-thirds would have gone to the oldest brother, a third to the youngest brother. But that was after the father died. Then the land would have been sold and it would have been parted. But that youngest son, he says, oh, I want it now. Basically, he's saying, I wished you were dead, Dad. I've got this, Dad. I've figured life out. I know what I want to do and where I need to go, and now's the time for me. And so the prodigal, the father said, okay, I'll give it to you. And he released him, and he let him go. That would have brought shame on the family, shame in the community. But that, that son went out. He lived righteously. He, he lived how he wanted. And then Luke tells us that he lost everything. But you know what's important, Bishop? is isn't just that he lost everything. It's that he all of a sudden understood, I'm lost. He understood his condition. He was sitting there in a pig pen, feeding the husk to the pigs. And, and he's, he's like, what am I doing here? And he realized his condition and he said, you know what? The servants in my father's house have plenty enough. The, the, the hired slaves in my father's house, they have everything they need. Maybe I can just go and be one of them. I'll tell my father, I'm not worthy to be called your son. But if you can just put me here, then I can, you know, I'll be taken care of. And so he made his mind up. He got in his head that I need help. I can't do this. And as he made his way towards his father, as he made his way, his father saw him afar off. It says, but when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight. And in no word and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe, and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand, and shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf, and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead, and is alive again. He was lost, and is found. And they began to be merry. I'm going to be bringing this to a close just shortly. But in this story that Jesus tells... We have this son that ran away, that did it his way. But when he realized, I need God, he became humble and submitted to God. When he understood his condition, and he understood, I, I need the Father. I need what he has. There's hope in the Father's house. There's refuge in the Father's house. I can be rescued in the Father's house. Oh, the Father says, you know what? I'm not going to just call you my servant. If you're going to get back in the door, 
It's going to be as my son. Oh, and you know what he had? A fatted calf. Why would he have a fatted calf? The fatted calf would have either been for a wedding or in preparation for a son to come home. You see, a fatted calf would feed the entire village. But that father was just waiting over there saying, you know what? Well, there's going to be a celebration because there's somebody out there that needs me and it's my child and he hasn't recognized it yet. But when his senses come to himself, I'm waiting and he took his robe, that would have been the best robe in the house. He didn't take it from his other son, but he took his robe and his rings and he put his ring and his robe on him and he set him at his table. Musicians could come. You see, the prodigal understood that he needed the father. So, you first need to understand you're completely dependent on God. You need to understand that you're lost. And then you need to start reaching out for the Father. In the story of our lost sheep, when the shepherd was searching, how would he know where that sheep was except that man would go up? How would the Father know the Son was ready to come home except that he could see him afar off? You with your heavenly Father, you don't have to be anywhere close. You just need to begin to lift your voice up and say, I need you. But you see, in the story of the prodigal, there was an older son who got upset, frustrated. Why didn't you do this for me? Instead of him also understanding everything I have comes from the Father. You see, there's 99 other sheep in the fold, but have they forgotten that every pasture they go to, every bit of water they drink, and every vile snake they're kept from is because of the shepherd. Everything the sheep in the fold and the son that stayed at home, everything they get is from the Father. And everything we get is from Jesus Christ. If we could stand to our feet, you need to understand that you're completely dependent on Him, every last one of you. You need to know that you're lost and you're not going to do this on your own. And then you need to come to Him. You need to say, okay, I'm reaching out with my voice. I'm making my way back home. But you need to make your way towards the Master. You see, many of you have done that today. You begin to realize my week was just a little bit rough. I went through some things. And I'm no longer going to hold this myself. I need you, Jesus. I've been trying to sort through some attacks on my life. The enemy's tried to distract me. But I need you, Jesus. I messed up and I went the wrong direction. Oh, I've wrestled and I've fought. But I need you, Jesus. And you're going to find that the Father has forgiveness. You see, when you turn back to Him with repentance, you know what repentance is? 
It's changing your way. Oh, but there's a second part to repentance. It's not just recognizing you're lost, but it's receiving His forgiveness. Oh, you got to go ahead and let Him put the robe on you and the ring and set you at the table and get out the fatted calf because the Father's saying, hey, to get complete restoration, you got to take what I'm offering you. And so if everyone could close their eyes, and if you want to go ahead and make your way up towards this front, I urge you to reach out and begin to touch Jesus. Every last one of you in this place, let him know, Father, I'm dependent on you. Oh, God, if I, I want to come to you as a child. Oh, God, they might call me a big baby, but I'm reaching out to you because I need you. Oh, God, I don't want to hold this frustration anymore. God, I've had trouble forgiving somebody. They made me angry, but I don't want to do this anymore. Oh, God, I, I, my marriage isn't going so well, but, God, I need your help right now. Oh, Lord God, I messed up and I've sinned, but I want your forgiveness. Would you put your robes on me? Oh, Jesus. Jesus. It's time to come home. It's time to become as a little child and realize I'm completely dependent on God. Don't hold back anymore. We opened up with worship for everything God's done in your life. I want you to begin to reach out. Oh, and put your hands in his hands. Oh, reach up. Say, Jesus, this is what I need. Oh, would you go ahead and help me? Don't stop asking. Don't stop begging. Don't stop reaching out. Hallelujah, Jesus.